You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We are continuing our message series, Non-Anxious Discipleship Making. Jesus calls us to go and to make disciples, and that is a mandate that he gives to all of us. No exclusions, no exceptions. Uh, It's not just for the special people. It's for all of us. He's called us all to go and make disciples. And he loves us. He's for us. He's promised to go with us as we do this. And so I I asked the question today that I asked a few weeks ago, why so often uh, does the subject of evangelism or disciple making make us so nervous or anxious? Uh, Because God's with us. He's for us. Uh, this series that we're doing, uh, and we'll wrap up next Sunday, it's a call to partner with the Holy Spirit. This is not a task that you or I are supposed to engage in, in our own wisdom and in our own strength, but we are called to partner with the Holy Spirit in living out the good news of Jesus Christ in our everyday lives. Now, <clears throat> a lot of you know that I grew up in a very small town, Lincolnton, Georgia, Lincoln County, grew up uh, out in uh, Lincoln County, and I grew up in a very uh, social family. Uh, it was very common for my family to have people over for dinner. You know, we were very, very involved in our church, so it was not uncommon for my mom to cook a big Sunday lunch, and we'd go to church and invite a family home with us to come enjoy lunch with us after church on Sunday morning. Uh, and a lot of that came from the fact that my mother grew up in a very social family as well. Um, my mother was the seventh of 13 children. So uh, this is a big family already, so what, you know, what difference does it make to have 10 or more people go, you know, they're already cooking for a lot of folks. And so uh, I grew up in that kind of of family and I I really enjoyed it. I would get really excited as a kid when we had company come over. Yeah, I'd get real excited. And Mary Margaret probably will tell you that I still do today. So uh, it's just one of those things. But I, I remember that I never really understood hospitality and food as culture until our family moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that was back in the 70s. I was in middle school, and we moved to this new neighborhood. And I remember uh, the house to our right, there was a pastor and his family that lived there. Uh, uh, This pastor made quite the impression on me. He was the most miserable pastor I believe I've ever met in my life. He never smiled. He was always angry. He had kids my age. We would play out in the yard, uh, between our yard and his yard. We didn't have fences. And he would come out and he would scream at us, get out of my yard. And then he, and I'm like, he's talking to me. And then he would talk to his own kids. You, get out of my yard too. I'm like, what's up with that? This was, I mean, he was not a nice person. Uh, Now on the left side of our house, was a Cajun liquor salesman. To contrast that, he was a nominal Catholic, and every weekend he would go out to the bayous to fish, uh, to shrimp, you know, to catch crawfish. Uh, That was his weekend thing. And every Sunday afternoon that he went out fishing, he would light up his propane cooker, and he would cook, whether it was frying fish or boiling uh, shrimp or crawfish, 
he would prepare a huge feast and he would go out and he would invite the entire neighborhood. Uh, it didn't matter who it was, even, even the, the pastor. Uh, he would invite everybody to come over and to enjoy uh, the feast that he had prepared. And this was a sort of a new cultural dynamic. I remember the first time we went over, my mom's like, well, I gotta take something, you know? So I'm gonna take some slaw. So she takes a bowl of slaw and then we get over and all the tables are outside and they're just, you know, covered with new newspaper, and they would just take whatever they'd cooked and dump it on the tables. There were no plates. There were no napkins. There was no flatware. You just picked up the corn or the shrimp or the crawfish or the onions and potatoes and just ate them with your hands and threw the shells in the middle. I mean, there was no place for slaw at that gathering, okay? (laughs) Not at all. Uh, And I just remember that being like, wow, what a cool cultural experience. What a feast. And, and I still love Cajun food. In fact, I, I cooked some for Mary Margaret and me Friday night. Uh, it, I want to talk this morning about this idea of feasting uh, and the fact that there is a seat at the feast of God's table for everyone. Uh, the, quite often throughout Scripture, we see that the kingdom of God is often referred to as a feast. And this morning, we're going to be looking at one such example uh, in the Gospel of Luke. And it's interesting that if you read Luke and compare the contents of Luke with all the other Gospels, that there are actually more mealtime scenes in the Gospel of Luke than the other Gospels. He certainly had a vision of Christianity as a, as a celebration, like this wonderful dinner party. Uh, and there are lots of, of stories that include festive celebrations as part of the, the stories. We're going to be reading this morning from Luke chapter 14. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there or you can see the passage on the screen. In Luke 14, there are actually two parables. Jesus is literally at a dinner party hosted by a Jewish leader. And in the context of the conversation that's going there, he shares two different parables. Uh, the first parable he shares, and we're not, not going to focus on this, but I would encourage you go and read it. It starts right at the beginning of Luke 14. Um, it's, it's about the way people in religious circles uh, were jostling for position, uh, getting the best seat at the table rather than preferring others and giving them the places of honor rather than taking them for themselves. I would encourage you to, to take a look at that. But this morning, the focus I want to uh, give is to the second parable. Uh, and this is the theme of that second parable. It's this, that Jesus invites every part of every person to come and to feast at his banqueting table. Every person, every part of every person is invited. There is an invitation that is extended to all. But even though that there are some who snub this incredible invitation, Jesus calls all of us as his servants to extend the invitation, um, including those who often maybe wouldn't normally get this invitation, especially those. Let's, let's read beginning in, in verse 15 of Luke chapter 14. When one of those at the table with Jesus heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Uh, 
Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, so please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Well, the servant came back and reported this to his master, and then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you for the invitation to come to you to feast at your table. We thank you uh, just for the provision. We thank you for the abundance that you give us, the healing, the wholeness, all the ways that you bless us as we come. We thank you that you call us to come just as we are. So Lord, we do that this morning. We come as we are. Help us to open our hearts and our minds all that we are to you. Come, Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. Let the words that you have from your heart for this congregation be what is expressed uh, through my feeble words. Come and do that this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in the ancient world, uh, which is the context in which Jesus, of course, is, we find Jesus, um, He's giving this parable in this context. Whenever someone would give a, a, a wonderful banquet, a master or you know, someone uh, was giving some sort of banquet or feast like this, there would actually be two different invitations. Uh, you probably could liken it to a save the date. You know, a lot of people will send out a, a save the date for a wedding or an important uh, occasion many, many months in advance of the actual event. Uh, and then later when everything was ready for the actual celebration, the guests would be invited again to come and, uh, and participate. Now, Understand that Jesus is at, literally, at a dinner party with a bunch of Jewish leaders from uh, Jerusalem in in his age. And you got to remember that the first invitations to God's kingdom that were extended to the children of Israel were extended back in the Old Testament through the prophets. Over and over again, God is inviting Israel and pointing to the kingdom, the fullness of his kingdom that is to come in a promised Messiah. And so uh, through, through passages like this one in Isaiah 25, uh, God uh, speaking through Isaiah saying, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wine. So save the date, be watching, be waiting. But now that Jesus has come, now that Jesus is among them, he tells his servants, go and tell everyone to come because everything is ready. The kingdom of God is now here. And why is that? Because Jesus is here. Jesus was among them. The kingdom of God has come. In Jesus Christ, God has made full provision 
for our salvation and for all of God's fullness to come in his kingdom. He invites us to come and to freely receive his wonderful grace, to come as we are uh, and to receive. Because of Jesus, his life, his later after uh, his death that would come and his resurrection, because of all that he has done and would accomplish when he was here on earth, everything's ready. Everything is ready. It is time to come and to feast. Come and feast. It is free to all. You don't have to bring anything. You can't bring anything. You can't buy your way in. You can't earn your way in. You can't deserve a seat at the table. All who are invited are invited to become to come as a result of the grace that God offers, the forgiveness, uh, the adoption into the family of God. We are all invited to come and find our seat at God's table. And our right response is just to say yes, to receive the invitation and to come and to enjoy relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you haven't yet received that, that invitation that God extends to every one of us, every single one of us. I want to encourage you this morning to, to say yes, to receive God's gift, to put your faith in Jesus, to accept this gift that none of us can earn, that none of us deserve, but that we can come and say, yes, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge you, Jesus, as the Son of God. I put my faith and my trust in you, and I receive your gift of salvation. Everything is ready. There is a place at God's banqueting table for all of us. And I, I remind you that we all begin as guests at God's banqueting table. That is the place that we are all to begin. But then as uh, we're all of us who are invited, we are invited and expected to, to actually transition to become host. We have received the grace of God. We have found our place at God's banqueting table. And now he calls us to reach out to others and to begin to invite others. We now get to be part of the party and party inviting and including, and we get to be host, uh, to join our father in his work of advancing his kingdom, of welcoming and serving his guests. We have freely received, now we freely give invitations and extend the love and the goodness of God. I have always loved, and as I was reading this parable this week, I was reminded of that old adage about evangelism, that it is merely one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And this, this parable reminds me of that as we are seated, uh, feasting at the table of God, and then God the Father says, hey, there are others out there who are hungry, who need to feast, and they need to know my provision and my love. Uh, we've all been invited to God's banqueting table, and now we are called as children of God, as ambassadors of God's kingdom, to go and to invite others to join us there. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, I asked you to ask yourself, and I asked myself, and our, ourselves as Vineyard Church of Augusta, are we, are our lives interruptible? Do we have space, or are we willing to make time and space for the Holy Spirit to lead us into new relationships or connections with people who may not be currently part of our circles, people who may not know Jesus' love. 
And I want to continue. I hope you are continuing to pray for the three people on the prayer cards that we passed out that day. And I want to just encourage you as a a regular part of your devotional life to continue to ask the Holy Spirit to to highlight people as you go through your your day-to-day stuff, to highlight people that he may be calling you to pray for, to maybe share a word of encouragement, or to make some sort of relational connection with Maybe he's calling you to invite someone to go to coffee that you work with. Or maybe he's leading you to actually take a bold step of inviting someone to a vineyard small group. We've got some that, that deal with everything. I mean, discipleship kinds of things, the contemplative life, uh, you know, relationship kinds of things. We're doing alpha marriage, which I highly recommend if you haven't done that. Uh, we also are doing one on, on parenting adult children. So all kinds of uh, different things. Maybe you would invite someone to join you for a vineyard small group or maybe even a Sunday morning celebration. Um, I also would encourage you maybe to consider inviting someone to Alpha. We love Alpha. Alpha is a safe and a welcoming place to bring questions and doubts about about Jesus and about faith in general. And it's a wonderful place, a wonderful place for for you to to come and to invite someone to come with you. So uh, consider this uh, as being part of, of telling another beggar where to find bread. We all have that person in our lives. That neighbor we pass by every day outside our homes. That coworker we see at the office five days a week. Or those friends we catch up with every once in a while. People we wish could know and experience the love of God. How do we share it? Where do we even start? Deep inside, we know that it'll cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith. It takes time, vulnerability, sacrifice, the risk of rejection. But this is our call, to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Because when it's hard to find the moment, or the words, or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite? We kick off our new Alpha course, uh, not this Thursday, but the Thursday, uh, a week from this Thursday in the cafe. Uh, There are some invitations right there in your seats. I would encourage you to take one with you today. And be open and receptive to who, to who the Holy Spirit might lead you to actually invite. And if you haven't been to Alpha, 
I want to encourage you, even if you are a follower of Jesus, I would encourage you to be a part of Alpha. I, I love Alpha. Mary Margaret and I are huge fans of Alpha. I, we've probably been through 12 to 15 different Alpha courses. I get something out of them every time. It just it reinforces discipleship. But I, I had lunch with a guy from our church this week who is a follower of Jesus. He's never done Alpha. I encouraged him to do Alpha and told him this. It's like one of the best things it's going to do for you is to give you an opportunity to invite someone who doesn't know Christ to come and be a part of it with you. And then, because you are a follower of Jesus and because you are a mature disciple, it's going to help you uh, in, in really just listening, giving space to listen to people's fears and their doubts and their questions rather than feeling like you've got to be quick with the answer and, and solve everything for them. It's a huge, wonderful exercise in that. And I want to encourage you, I'd love for everybody here at Vineyard Church of Augusta to, be, uh, to attend at least one Alpha course because uh, then you know what you're inviting people into. Uh, and it's happening uh, this, not this Thursday, but a week from this Thursday, it kicks off. And I would encourage you, take some invitations. Be ready to invite someone as the Holy Spirit highlights someone in your, your routine. And let me just say this, if they say no, don't take it personally, okay? Just think back to high school and when you were asking people out for dates. And you know, remember the coping mechanisms that you used then? Use those same ones today. That's what I do. Anyway, no, seriously, Jesus was rejected. Why do we think we won't be, okay? Uh, but as when we are rejected, we do need to follow Jesus' example uh, of when he was re rejected, and we need to respond with love and kindness. Remember, Jesus is right there in the midst of a group of people uh, sharing these stories, and they're the very ones rejecting him and the kingdom that he is bringing, because they were expecting a very different kind of kingdom other than the one Jesus ushered in, the one that he described in his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, many of the Jews were receiving the good news of Jesus Christ, but many were not, including those that, many of those that were sitting with him there at the tables. They were giving all kinds of lame excuses, like the ones that, that Jesus highlighted in the parable. Jesus said in this parable that when the master heard the excuses, uh, the word specifically, he became angry. And as we focus on the character of God and the, the personality of God, you know, we, we do, we talk a lot about God's love, and, and he is a God of love. He is a God of goodness. And in this moment, though, we have to also acknowledge that, okay, this is representing God. The master is representing God. He became angry. And the word that is used here in the Greek is one that really denotes intensity and passion. Intensity and passion. This is the same word that Paul later in the, in, the, in the New Testament talks about, in your anger, don't sin. So it's possible for us to have passionate emotions about something, intense emotions about something and not to sin. And God, he loves us and he loves everyone passionately and intensely. And to prove it, he gave Jesus. He gave his only son, if we need proof, that is the ultimate proof that he loves us passionately and intensely. He gave his son to prove it. He wants everyone 
to experience his love and his goodness. He doesn't want anyone to live or to die without having the experience of his love and his mercy and his grace. So he calls us to go to all kinds of people groups, not just to go to our normal groups that we extend invitations to, but to go beyond those, to go in, in, in alleys and in side streets, maybe where we don't normally go among people groups, where we don't normally congregate. He's calling us to go to all those places, uh, maybe places that might seem extreme to us, people groups that we have nothing in common with, but God is calling us. You know, our church partners uh, with uh, the, the Vineyard, Association of Vineyard Churches, to do church planting in Haiti. Of course, with all of the turmoil and all of the violence that's been going on there for the last many years, we have not been able to go in person. Very few of our partnership leaders have been able to go. It just hasn't been safe. But in 2024, we are going to be going back and we're going to the Dominican Republic and we're gonna be bringing vineyard Haitian leaders over to the Dominican Republic uh, to, to help equip them and train them uh, for ministry and for church planting. And as I was preparing this this week, this is sort of a tangential kind of thing, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, hey, some of you maybe are called to go to the Dominican Republic next year uh, to help equip and train our, our pastors, both in Haiti as well as the Dominican Republic. And that might be that, that, ex, that extreme place that God may be calling you to. I would just encourage you to remember the words from the master that Jesus shared in this parable. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And as we do that, let us be reminded that as, as we do that, that this is also an invitation to us because the whole the whole premise of this message at the beginning was that God invites every part of everyone to come to his banqueting table. And as I, as I read this parable, I am reminded that, that God also invites us to bring the poor and the crippled and blind and lame aspects of our own inner selves to his feast of love and to do that on a regular basis that this is, this is a both and. This is, yes, we are to go out and we are to reach out to the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, and to welcome them to the table of God. But we are to continually be returning ourselves with every part of who we are, the, the, the poor parts, the crippled parts, the blind parts, the lame aspects of, of, of what's going on inside. As one writer put it, our conversion is a continuous process that unfolds one day at a time as we bring more and more of ourselves to God. But let's face it, way too often, we like to just come to the party with our pretty selves on, with our put together parts, with everything that's good. And we like to leave the other parts, well, they're at home, they had a headache tonight. But God is inviting us to bring all of us, every part of our, our brokenness, our, every part of that that is in any way impoverished spiritually, that is dealing with brokenness or blindness, he is inviting every 
part of us to come to his banqueting table to find healing, to find every resource that we need. And I want to to encourage you in this as I encourage myself. Let us not be people who give God lame excuses. Let's show up. He is inviting us. He wants us to come. He can only bring healing to the things that we bring to him. He, He doesn't just bust into our worlds and take over when we decide we want to, we're, we're okay with this area of brokenness or this area of shame, we're just going to hang on to it. Uh, he's not going to rip it out of our hands. But as we show up, as we bring these things to him, he is faithful to bring healing, to bring every resource that we need. So say yes to his invitation to love and to wholeness. You know, our series is called Non-Anxious Disciple-Making. And this call to make disciples, it is not an anxious one, but as this parable reminds us, it is an urgent one. Okay? Let us not be too passive about the assignment that God has given us, that Jesus gave us before he left the earth, that the Holy Spirit empowers us for to go and be witnesses. Let us not be passive and and miss the fact that this is an urgent call. How we react now to the kingdom of God will determine how we stand in the future coming of God's kingdom when it comes in its fullness, when Jesus Christ returns. Now, it is all based on God's grace. It is not based on our good works or our behavior, but our only responsibility is to receive that grace and then to be diligent about being uh, obedient to the work of the kingdom as God leads us. We cannot be idle about this responsibility. And I remind you of the words of, of, of Paul in his letter to the Corinthian church, and he's actually quoting Isaiah, again, giving that initial save the date uh, to the children of Israel. Uh, he's quoting God's words through the prophet Isaiah, and he says this, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, I want to encourage you, why not today? Why not today? And and as we are being prompted, you know, there's that person that the Holy Spirit is is really impressing upon me. I I need to call them. I need to text them. I need to reach out to them. But for whatever reason, we keep putting it off and we keep putting it off. This call is an urgent one. So let us be diligent in partnering with the Holy Spirit, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Who is God calling you to pray for? Who's he calling you to pray for? Who in your life is someone that the Holy Spirit is maybe right even in this moment or maybe over the last couple of weeks has been drawing your attention to 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 begin praying that they would be able to experience more of the kingdom of God in their hearts and lives? Who Who is God leading you to maybe make a relational connection with? Who who is he who is he leading you to do that with? The Holy Spirit invites us to join him in his good and loving work that's happening in the lives of people all around us. God is at work. He is always at work. 
And our assignment is to tune into what he's doing in the hearts and lives of people and to join him in that work, not to create something in our own wisdom or in our own strength. And let me say this again. This is not something that any of us are to be anxious or fearful about engaging with because this is the will of God for all of us. And ultimately, our responsibility in disciple-making is this. It's not to go and get a lot of people to pray prayers of repentance with us. That's awesome when that happens, but that's not up to us. Only the Father can lead someone to the Son through the Spirit, and that's, that's a work that you and I can't do, but we can be faithfully obedient We can be faithfully obedient and just showing up and saying, Holy Spirit, what does obedience look like today for me as I go to work, as I go to to work out, as I go to hang out with family and friends? Help me to see what you're doing. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to tune into your agenda and, and let me be faithful in my obedience. That's the ultimate thing that we are all called to, to trust God to keep planting seeds, to keep inviting others to his banqueting table, and then just to say, God, show me what obedience, what my obedience looks like to you today. Would you guys bow your heads with me? And let's just pray that. Let's take a moment and just pray that together this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for this invitation to join with your good work. Lord, I pray that we would be people who, whose lives are interruptible, that we would be a church that is interruptible by you, Holy Spirit, by the things that you want to do in us and with us and through us. We say yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your your invitation to your banqueting table. We thank you that it's for all of us. God, thank you that uh, you loved us so much that you gave your, your only son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for giving your body, your life, to be hung on a cross for us, to pay our debt of sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, help us to to fully receive that for anyone who's here this morning has not yet received it. We just pray that they would do so this morning. Anyone joining us online, thank you for the gift of salvation. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your good work in all of our hearts and lives. We thank you that you continue to invite us to come and to bring every poor, every broken, every lame, every blind, impoverished part of our, our souls and our spirits to bring them to you for your continual work of healing and transformation. Come, Holy Spirit, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.